0: Welcome to Brewing Faith, a podcast sponsored by the Sisters of St. Francis of Philadelphia, where we enter into conversations about the past, present, and future of our church. Thank you for joining us for our third annual Christmas episode. This year, we'll explore a few of the multicultural customs of Christmas and how they invite us to recognize the face of Christ in the diverse faces of our sisters and brothers. My name is Sister Diane Tompkinson, and I'm pleased to join you for my first Brewing Faith podcast, picking up from our previous hosts, Sarah Marks and Sister Marian Leaf. So grab your coffee or tea, whatever you like to brew, and let's get started. Christmas holds a special place in the hearts of Christians around the world. For Saint Francis of Assisi, Christmas was the primary Christian holiday celebrating the overflowing love of God, revealed to us in the beauty of creation and in the humility of the Incarnation. Saint Francis was both awed and delighted by the gospel message of the Most High God, the creator of all things, who became most low in the person of Jesus, freely choosing to be born in a stable and swaddled in a manger. One Christmas, about 800 years ago, St. Francis arranged a special celebration in the small Italian town of Greccio to reenact and remember that babe who was born in Bethlehem, to see the discomfort of his infant needs, how he lay in a manger, and how an ox and an ass standing by, he rested on hay. The people of Greccio joined Francis and his brothers for a Christmas Eve mass in a hillside cave near town where Francis recreated the nativity scene described in Luke's gospel, complete with donkey, ox and a manger filled with hay. One participant had a vision of the infant Jesus in the manger, waking from a deep sleep as Francis preached to the people. According to Thomas of Chilano, Francis's first biographer, at a time when, quote, in the hearts of many, the child Jesus had been given over to oblivion, end quote. This first live nativity reawakened the memory of the poverty and vulnerability of the infant Jesus and inspired the participants to a renewed care for one another. Saint Francis's original idea to recreate the circumstances of Christ's birth in Bethlehem has become an annual Christmas custom cherished by generations of Christians. Contemporary visitors to the Franciscan Hermitage at Greccio can view a collection of three-dimensional nativity scenes from all around the world. Each portrays the biblical scene of Mary Joseph and baby Jesus in the manger, surrounded not only by the shepherds, magi, animals and angels described in the Gospels of Luke and Matthew, but also by the people and settings characteristic of each culture represented. Following the example of Saint Francis, these works of art continue to celebrate how Christ is born anew in the hearts and cultures and faces of the diverse peoples who share our common home. Like these multicultural nativity scenes, the variety of Christmas celebrations in our families, churches, and communities reflect and celebrate how the divine love revealed in Jesus Christ continues to become incarnate in our lives today. My personal Christmas memories growing up included customs passed on by my grandparents who were from Ireland, England and Sweden. My parents brought these customs together in their own unique combinations weaving Swedish traditions celebrating Christmas Eve with Irish-English customs around Christmas Day. For example, many Swedish Christmas traditions occur on Christmas Eve including a festive Swedish buffet smorgasbord, or Yulebord, followed by a visit from Father Christmas who distributes the gifts already displayed under the Christmas tree. My mother's Swedish relatives kept this tradition of exchanging gifts on Christmas Eve. In my father's family of Irish and English immigrants, Christmas morning was the time to open presents. My parents' happy compromise was that on Christmas Eve we each got to pick one present from under the tree usually the one that was most intriguing. We would first try to guess what the gift was before the recipient got to open it. The guessing was fun and often wildly off base. I vividly remember one Christmas. The most oddly shaped package under the tree was my gift from my oldest brother, who had recently moved to Southern California as a young adult. After a round of creative guesswork, I excitedly tore off the wrapping paper to reveal a brightly colored pinata in the shape of a donkey, which he had purchased on a visit to Mexico. My seven-year-old self was delighted and another multicultural Christmas memory was born. Most of us have favorite foods that we associate with the holidays. In keeping with Swedish traditions, my parents hosted an annual Christmas party that gathered our extended family, neighbors and friends together for a festive buffet meal or Yule board. After lots of eating, sharing and laughter, everyone gathered around the fireplace to sing Christmas carols, accompanied by my dad on his banjo and his best friend Rudy on the piano. Although the menu for our version of a Swedish Yule board was adapted for American tastes, which did not appreciate Swedish delicacies, such as pickled fish. My Aunt Esther's recipe for Swedish meatballs was and remains a Christmas Eve essential that my siblings and I continue to share with our own family and friends. My Franciscan sisters in my local community know that part of my Christmas preparations each year will include taking over the the kitchen for an afternoon of listening to Christmas carols, and rolling lots of bite-sized Swedish meatballs. One of the joys of a blended household, whether in a family or a Franciscan religious community, is sharing our various Christmas customs with one another. I am delighted to welcome Sisters Nelly de Mararo and Maria Ana de La Paz to this Brewing Faith podcast to share a few Christmas customs from the cultures of Puerto Rico and the Philippines. I'm very happy to welcome Sister Nelly de to our conversation uh, today. And Nelly, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences of Christmas customs
1: growing up in Puerto Rico? Thank you, Diane. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with you and with my Franciscan sisters and the Puerto Rican traditions customs. And I would like to introduce the Christmas in Puerto Rico, how we celebrate that in a very unique form. Uh, Christmas begin right after Thanksgiving, starting to putting out three the Friday after Thanksgiving. And then we can celebration of Christmas begin with the Parandas each day until the uh, Epiphany. And they continue eight days more after that, they call the octavitas. The octavitas. The octavitas, like a day after Epiphany. Awesome. Yes. So, it's the tradition? feast in, in the uh, long time ago, they celebrate the octavita, honoring the three kings and the baby Jesus, and that was so beautiful. I mean, Puerto Rico have more days off than other country because they our influence is from Spain. And USA. And then we mix two. So we get the a holiday from here and the holidays from Puerto Rico. So we have more holidays than other country in the world, I guess. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So tell me about the parandas. What are they? Well, the paranda is the most exciting uh thing for the Puerto Rican people because they are waiting for this time at the Thanksgiving to start with the paranda. It's like a caroling, family and friend get together. And in the evening time at 10 o'clock, around 10 o'clock, they start getting together and start um, planning which how we're going to get. And then at the middle of the night, everybody almost sleepy by that time. And the people start very quiet going to the houses and start playing the instruments but those instruments are very uh, typical instruments from puerto rico like the maraca the cuatro the guitar the widow is the most important uh for the parandas uh-huh. because are very noisy and people are in that time they are very quiet but when they get out of the house they start parandas, <laughs> they start playing and the people uh if you don't open or you don't uh, turn the light on People start singing, singing, singing on the door, and playing, playing, play until you turn the light and go out the door and receive them. So they're waking you up. They're waking you up. All right, <laughs> and then we are in the room trying to get ready for them to prepare, and they, uh, we just get uh, have to turn the light because otherwise they will continue, so <laughs> and the and the, do- and the door until you open the door and welcome them to the house, and then. Sometimes they get to your house, maybe one, two o'clock, depends how many people are visiting. And then you have to prepare food for them because they are hungry by that time, two <laughs> or three o'clock. Um, usually we do, uh, they call the sopon. And the sopon is like a chicken soup. Okay. Because okay. in that ta- uh, by that time, people have been drinking and all that. <laughs> and then they have a lot of traditional food and sweet and dessert and more uh, donkuk, pitorro, coquito. And they, after they eat, they just go to another house and we just back to sleep. Usually <laughs> we follow them or we just stay home, depends. So you yeah. might join in yes. with the celebration in the, the, the next house. With celebration house, yes. So it's so beautiful, the parandas because they sing all the traditional and they in the music, they tell you the story of the town, the story of the Puerto Rican people, the sadness, the happiness and all together in the music.
0: And does it connect to the
1: stories? Are are there Christmas carols as
0: part of it as well, like connecting the story of the Puerto Rican people with the story of Jesus and Mary and 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 Joseph?
1: Yes, they do. Yeah, and it's so beautiful when you hear the Aguinaldos. Uh, but the Aguinaldos, they usually they do it during the Mass. We and are, what's in Aguinaldos? Saying yeah, Sorry. the Aguinaldos <laughs> is that kind of music. Okay. Of it's more with instrument and some kind of, like you say, baby, the honoring, connecting to the, baby the biblical Jesus, story and all the culture and the nativity. And... Usually those Aguinaldo mass are celebrating nine days before Christmas, Mm -hmm. going to mass from five to six uh, in the morning. In my case, we get up three o'clock in the morning because in my neighborhood, the mass was four o'clock. So you have to be ready at three o'clock every night because... That's the tradition. If you don't participate in all that, maybe Santa will not come to your house oh. because you don't behave. <laughs> so we just go to mass <laughs> and do what they, what they ask us to do in the house. And then uh, Christmas Eve, the 24, the Misa del Gallo, the Rooster Mass. Mm-hmm. And it's like a Christmas Eve. But they have, again, they, they have a beautiful, so like the mass and family, children's dress with angels, or they recreate an the nativity in person. And it's so beautiful. I guess all these traditions from Grecio. But like the live nativity, yes. Uh, and living in the hills, in the mountain, it's most beautiful because we don't have much light and you can see each house maybe with candles, with little Christmas tree and all the lies. And when I thinking back, I said, wow, we celebrate the nativity, the Gresham. It would be, it would be just like Gretchen like in that. the hillside town we, in we the mountains. Look back now in my experience now. Yes. Is is living that kind of nativity in, in Gresham. Oh that's beautiful. That's yes. beautiful, Nelly.
2: Yes. yes.
0: I remember uh, experiencing the parandas once in um, when I was at St. Paul's in Wilmington, Delaware, which, oh. where there was a Puerto Rican uh, community, That's right. and um, and one of our the other sisters in the house uh, was from Puerto Rico, and and so the she invited some of us to come and experience
1: the parandas. Oh. It was so much fun. And we don't think with the posadas, Mexicans, mm-hmm. but it's not really the same. Yes, they have, different kind of meaning during the posadas but uh, for us was different so
0: it's so it's I, i love that sense of you know we can see some of the connections the connections to the story of Mary and Joseph, yes. um, and uh, making room for people, welcoming people to, into their mm-hmm. homes. But the, that's very much sort of the forefront is my understanding of the Posadas tradition right. in the Mexican yes. communities yes, exactly. um, and in, in, the, in the Puerto Rican. And I remember this when they mm-hmm. came, many of your stories were more, um, we're, we're that weaving together of the stories of the Puerto Rican people as well as the stories of Mary and Joseph. And Mary and Joseph and, and the, and the, and the like that.
1: They they knock on the door to asking and they tell the story about how suffering Mary during the uh, way the journey the, the journey, yes. uh, and nobody opened the door for her. So Mary and Joseph and she was pregnant. She almost going to have a baby, and she knocking door door and door. No no no. We don't have space for you. And uh, that's beautiful, also in the posadas. And it's such Mexico.
0: an important message for us today: to how do we open our hearts and You're our right. doors to welcome, yes, to, to welcome others who are who are refugees and migrants, You're as right. Mary
1: and Joseph yeah. and Jesus were. And my community where I'm working right now is a most they're immigrant people. Yes, and they are Mexican people. I've been working with them more than twenty years. And sometimes I feel more identified than the Puerto Rican because I've been mixed with that culture. And sometimes confuse one thing with the other, what kind of celebration I'm doing. It. It's Mexican or Puerto Ricans because um, I'm so in love with that community of immigrants. Yes, Yes, I'm part of that. Yeah, that that opportunity, and
0: that's that's partly what I hope we're celebrating as we as we reflect on the multicultural Christmas Mm -hmm. traditions. That um, that way, that community gives us the opportunity to share these traditions with one another and to expand our circle um, of who we welcome into our homes and into our heart. And we celebrate most
1: the traditional is the Three Kings Days. Yes, tell us about that. Yeah, the Three King Days are the night before. We just, oh, it's just beautiful. You see all the kids with the shoebox trying to get the best um, grass, fresh, green, because when the camp comes, they have to eat because they're coming from long
2: far away.
1: And then the, the children get so excited. And in my case, I can see my, I can picture myself in that time when I we call it. shoebox during the year because we were serving in the home. So everybody had to have a box under the bed in order for the three kings (laughs) give you a little gift there. So we had to put fresh green grass under the bed and some water for the three kings just in case they are thirsty too. So some grass for the camels and some water for the kings. For the kings. (laughs) (laughs) And Day this up the next day, we just get off so early and we have to go bed early, otherwise the tricking will never go home. We get home bed earlier and then we get off so early to see what was under the bed. Always surprised me where was the grass and the food it was empty the box was empty and we look on the trash can every place say, where is the grass? i would say well the cows were hungry and they eat it <laughs> and they were they were thirsty but we were so curious where it went where the grass is the grass go yeah uh, that was so beautiful because you can see all the keys around weekly uh, because in case we can find in the field Grass because everybody was on the field creating grass on the straw box and all oh. that. <laughs> and that was very exciting. Yeah. And then did you receive a gift on, on Epiphany? Yeah, we get uh, that. In that time, we don't get much, but anything that you get on the bed was beautiful. Oh. A little ball, a, a little dolls, any kind of little kid was uh, like a big thing for us. Yes. It was a big celebration. And uh, we and then we go out to share with the neighbor to see what do you get, what did you get, and then we have masks and everybody was carrying the gift, see, and that was cheering, that was sharing The most important thing was sharing whatever you have with the neighborhood.
0: That's so wonderful. Yeah, and so you'd bring it to mass with you, kind of to
1: thank the three kings the three for three their kings gifts for the kids. Yeah. How lovely. Yeah, <laughs> that was so beautiful, and I can picture myself. Around the neighborhood too, with my shoebox,
0: with your shoebox, and then your gift later.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah.
1: That's thank great. you.
0: I knew I knew that. Um, it, I think in the
1: Mexican community as well, Three Kings oh, is a yes, very it's is a, a very big celebration, very big celebration. And there they celebrate with the the rosca. It's like a a bread, a special bread, a special bread around, like a round bread. Yeah, with fruit, and they hide a baby diesel. in in the bread. Yes, that's what I remember hearing about. We cutting you get the the baby Jesus. So the next you have to hold the next party for the February the second, that is the divine the, the, the presentation the presentation yes okay so
0: if you get the baby jesus you sell you host the party for the you feast of the to presentation host. yeah okay and then the presentation would be the feast that celebrates mary bringing the baby jesus to the, the temple to, to the be, temple. be dedicated yes, yes. yes. wonderful yeah. And a lot of Christmas Christian traditions do go all the way to February 2nd in, in that, I guess, pre- before Vatican II, uh, the Christmas season actually extended all the way to the February 2nd. Oh, so yeah. so in that. many cultures, Christmas traditions will go all the way That's to right. February. Yes. Yeah. For in our February. house, we always kept the Christmas tree would often die before February 2nd, but we always tried to keep the Christmas lights up until February 2nd. And we still do yeah. that in my neighborhood, in my convent. Yeah.
1: We start celebrating that here in the community. We don't let that feast die. That's right. We keep the feast, and they, they bring the baby Jesus dressed so beautiful. Everybody bought a new clothes to the baby Jesus that time, and putting in front of the altar for the blessing. During the Christmas time, we rock in the baby Jesus during in the, the Christmases. Yes, we rock the, the baby Jesus. They go. They, they put it the sleep. The baby. Mm-hmm. And then February the second, the baby get up. You wake the baby was, up. Yeah. And sitting on the te- in the chair. All the babies are sitting on the chairs.
0: That's wonderful. They so the, these from are the be basket. images of the baby Jesus yeah. that you, you would have used in your nativity scene. Yes, the same one. The same one he grew up. So now it's time to be sitting and keep walking. And then and then it's time for each of us to take the baby Jesus out into the world, oh, the world. and the love of yes. Jesus into yeah. the world. To share with them, yeah. Well, share th- with the people. Well, thank you so much for sharing your traditions yeah. with us,
1: yeah. uh, Sister Nellida. Yeah. I really thank thank appreciate you your being me. with us. I was so exciting. Uh, I just remember a lot of memory of Christmas and Grecian in Italy.
0: That's what I, that's what I found too, that, that, that reflecting on this, and it was the image of all of those different nativity scenes in Grecia that first brought this idea to me. It brought back so many happy memories of Christmas's past in um, in our families and in our communities, as yeah. you describe your neighborhood. And so I hope it brings back similar memories for those of you who are listening um, and that you enjoy
1: our Christmas podcast. Thank you, Diane. Thank you very much. Thanks, uh, well, Nelly. Happy holiday. Happy Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad.
0: <laughs> We've heard from Sister Nelly and myself about some Christmas traditions from our cultures. Now let's hear from Sister Maria Ana de la Paz about a special custom in her Philippine American family.
2: Hello, my name is Sister Maria, and one of my favorite family traditions growing up is I am Filipino-American, and every Christmas we would always put up our parol, which is basically a star. Um, Depending on the family, the star can be made up of very simple uh, materials of wood and paper mache, or some of the fancy ones are even made out of shell. And so basically, it is a beautiful star that Filipino families uh, put up. Uh, around christmas time to essentially represent the star of david um, the star of bethlehem the star that led the wise men the wise people to jesus in the manger Um, and so we as filipinos use the star as a reminder to symbolize how are we preparing ourselves for jesus um, to make room for jesus um, in our hearts and in our lives this season thank you so much
0: I am grateful to sisters Nalida and Maria Anna for sharing some of their Christmas traditions. What are some of your favorite Christmas customs and foods? Which ones reflect your family's cultural heritage? How do these customs help you celebrate the gift of Jesus, God with us? As we enter into and celebrate this Christmas season, May we cherish the diverse people and traditions that continue to reveal the face of Christ among us. May the memory of the poverty and vulnerability of the infant Jesus inspire us, like the people of Greccio, to a renewed care for one another and for our world. On behalf of all the Sisters of St. Francis of Philadelphia and our companions and co workers, we wish you a joyous Christmas and a blessed new year. Again, thanks for joining us for this Brewing Faith podcast. We invite you to shape our ongoing conversations by sharing your questions or suggested topics for future Brewing Faith podcasts by emailing us at communications at osffilla.org. We look forward to sharing faith, And a cup of your favorite brew next time. Remember, the future is bright if we bring the light.